Welcome to another episode of The Lineup, brought to you by Santa's Little Ho Ho Ho's. <laughs> that was Lily's one, she just didn't want to say it. I just want to say it because I knew it was going to come out real awkward and it's it. Oh, I'm glad I left it up Thanks to you. for snatching me up. Okay. <laughs> Welcome guys to another uh, episode, episode 18, which is nuts. I know. I was just thinking that. Well, I just said it, so you know I was thinking that. Mm. Um, 18 episodes, guys. How bloody good. And we're so close to Christmas and it's getting into that, I don't know, it's like Christmas stress. And I haven't even started shopping or anything, so maybe that's why I'm stressed out. But I just feel like this time of year, before the holidays start and it gets all nice and relaxing, it's just really painful. It is. Everybody's stressed out right now. Like today I was like, I don't want to do a podcast. Yeah, Lily was like, I don't want to do it. And I was like, we're doing it. (laughs) Be there. I've just kind of, I've mentally checked out. I think that's what the issue is. I think a lot of people have though. This time of year is tough. Like I have been second guessing every second decision. And like all my workmates are, Mm -hmm. and I work with people all different ages. So everyone's feeling the... The stress. The Christmas stress. And it's like just that when it hits year. December, you know you're so close to the end that you're a bit like, oh, fuck it. We're so close. Just give up. Yeah. Just give up now. It's like when well, you, we've get, got, well, you run a race and then you see the finish line, you're like, fuck, I'm going to walk to the end. I know. Or like <laughs> E45 and you do it and it's like gets to two and everyone, you know, it's like two, like, yeah. one, and everyone stops on two instead of zero. <laughs> anyway, welcome, guys, <laughs> to um, another episode. And thank you guys for joining us. We always appreciate you tuning in. This week, we're going to be talking about some uh, pretty cool topics. I mean, we always think they're cool because we pick them. Pretty cool. Pretty cool topics. Well, we are talking pretty much about this time of year, and that's like the Christmas holiday season and how intense it can be. Firstly, because you want to do all the fun things. Secondly, because your bank account can never really allow you to do all the fun things that you want to be able to do. And thirdly, because of the FOMO that comes with it. Yeah, exactly. I get major FOMO, and I feel like a lot of people do, so we're going to get straight on into that. Okay. Not right now, though. I just meant in general, We'll be getting straight onto that after the yeah, first after thing we, we talk do about. the first topic, which what? is bo- 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 boom. Chris Dawson has, has been arrested. arrested. Boom. Now, if you don't know what we're talking about, Chris Dawson is the obvious murderer in the teacher's pet case that we both Indy and I had listened to. It's a podcast series, so bloody good. It's amazing, guys. If you haven't listened to it, like Go almost listen. pause this part or fast forward to the next topic because. You just need to, or maybe it's a summertime listen if you've got time. It's 14 episodes done by an Australian uh, journalist named Headley Thomas. Yeah. Headley? Headley, yeah. Great name. Uh, and he's from The Australian. And so it's just, it's yeah. It's really, really good. I feel like you maybe if you want to skip past this, if you haven't listened to The Teacher's Pet yet, but it's such a crazy story. Essentially what happened was a woman called Lynette Dawson disappeared in 1982 and... Through this podcast, we've all found out because of Bloody Headbeat's great investigative journalism that it's very obvious that Chris Dawson has something to do with the disappearance. Chris Dawson being her husband. Her husband. But for some reason, he was never, ever arrested. Um, well, Even never though he charged. was sort of publicly, everyone sort of thought he did it, I guess. A lot of people but did. It was all very swept under the rug and it was all like, don't talk about that. And... For some reason, it just never kind of came to a head and he was never charged with her murder. So it's really sad because it's been almost 40 years. And 36 been years. Zero closure for this family. Yeah. Um, well, so many people. It's not even just the families, is it? It's like their extended, you know, group groups, of friends. The community. This yeah. all happened in Sydney's Northern Beaches, as we say, in 1982. Some of the um, interesting background to the story that sort of led us to well, not let us, but, you know, in the podcast has made people understand that he was probably behind it was the fact that she was a mother 
obviously married to him and had two children. Mm. And after she went missing, about two days later, he had uh, a 16-year-old who he had been having an affair with for about a year. Yeah, so he was a teacher yeah. and had been sleeping with his students and then kind of got this student, this specific one, Joanne. Joanne Curtis. Joanne she moved Curtis. in about a year, actually. She was there for about a year, I think, sort of as a... He sold it as a like, oh, I'm looking after this young girl. You know, like, she's got a really troubled um, upbringing. Her mum was an alcoholic or something and a very, you know, violent she stepfather. She needs somewhere and to stay in, bloody bar. So, so she was living in the family home and being the babysitter to the two young girls for about a year. And then all of a sudden, Lynette disappeared. Yeah. And he always claimed, oh, no, she's gone off to the Blue Mountains, which is sort of like an area of in New South Wales, said, oh, yeah, she's joined a religious cult and she's not coming back. Mm. And that's he just sort of brushed it under the carpet. And back in those days, from what I've, you know, heard through the witnesses who spoke, no one really asked questions. What happened behind closed doors was sort wasn't, of kept. Wasn't your business. You didn't interfere. And that's sort of the reoccurring theme. So she went missing. And because he was also known as a bit of a hotshot rugby star, he's mm. a bit of a, not a celebrity as such, but very well known. He was a bit of a community icon. Yeah. Everyone knew who he was. Really good looking. People loved him. And so I think everyone just took what he said. Yeah. And even though if people did have suspicions, like you said, you didn't, you didn't want to um, it would be intrude on anyone look. else's personal life, yeah. so you just didn't say anything. And now these witnesses are coming forward in this podcast, and they feel so awful because they were like, I should have said something, I should have said something, but it yeah. wasn't what you did at the time, which I can't imagine how awful crazy? and frustrating that. Can you imagine that if someone missing this age? You'd feel so guilty. I would say like everything say I knew, but I guess... You know, it's as much as part of your reputation if you were speaking out. Or like if I was saying, oh, Lily, yeah, no, she's done this and this and this. Especially because a lot of people assumed that the police were involved in all this stuff. They were like, well, we just assumed that someone would have said that. Mm. You know, it was really obvious that uh, Chris and Lynn had, I don't know, he had like abused her or something. You know, like that kind of thing. And no one actually knew that until it came out in the podcast. And you find out about that through the witnesses. They talk a lot about um, the domestic abuse. She often had bruises and, and he um, was, um, some people had witnessed even seeing her being beaten up in, in the family home. There were also um, situations where she wasn't really given any money, so she had no money to leave. So there was no way she could afford to leave. Yeah, there was some serious there was mental no, abuse going on there as well. Yeah, the, the podcast talks heavily about her. Um, you know, every mother is attached to their children, but she had a real deep love. It was like they were her thing. She just did, you know, really. So it was very odd for her to just up and off she goes to a religious cult when she'd never actually really been religious at all. Yeah. So it was very weird. Anyway, Chris Dawson, yesterday or the day? Yesterday. Well, this week. Yesterday. So that is literally. But we're recording this. Yeah, no, but it's Wednesday. Wednesday, this 5th of December is when he got arrested yesterday. So he's been arrested and charged with a murder, which is. Well, he's been arrested. Oh. And will be charged. So basically how it happened, he, he was all, she was living in, uh, they were living in Sydney in 1982. Yep. About two years after that, he up and moved to Queensland and he's now been in Queensland for 30 or 34 years since. Yep. So basically he was arrested by New South Wales police in Brisbane. Yeah. And now he is um, within the Queensland court system and then he will be extradited maybe today, tomorrow, the next few days back to Sydney. In Sydney, he will be charged. It's all, you know, the particular I think that he's legals. already come into Surrey Hills. I read something today that he was in the Surrey, in Surrey Hills well, in Sydney getting charged. He's been charged And today. he wore 
shorts and jandals. Yeah, and a khaki t-shirt. And I thought that was really strange because, like, if I knew I was going to jail, to jail, I wouldn't be wearing jandals. But here's the thing: be wearing clothes. He didn't know he was going to jail. I think he probably was starting to suspect that there could be an arrest coming because. They um, actually did, basically, because her body has never been found. That's a really key bit to let you guys know. Her body has never been found. So there's always been a lot of speculation about, oh, you know, did she just run away or was she killed? Maybe she's still alive. Yeah, exactly. And in September this year, again, after the Teacher's Pet podcast had done all this investigation and police re-entered their investigations and kept that stuff going, police in New South Wales decided to dig at Chris and Lynette Dawson's old family property. Yes. And so there was and the a soft, massive dig. And the soft soil. The good old the girls soft room. soil. The good old soft soil. Well, not really the good old because God, she if you didn't watch there. the teacher's pet, you've got no idea what we're talking yeah. about. No, no, no. But if you haven't, you know, you, uh, by this you point, should. you're only listening surely if you've listened to the, to, the, to the podcast. So anyway, so they did a dig and um, they didn't find anything, which is a real shame because, uh, you know, quite a few years ago, I can't actually remember the exact year, but, they had done some digging around that property when it was suspected there may have been a murder and they found a cardigan, Mm. a pink cardigan that had like 16 cuts in it. It was Lynn's cardigan as well. Yeah, yeah. it was her cardigan and it had all these cuts in it. So there's a lot of speculation that basically she was probably drugged by him and then maybe murdered in the family home and buried somewhere. But in saying that, the family home backed onto all this like scrub and Bush. Yeah, wild bush. So, I mean, like, if he was smart, which he obviously has been pretty smart about the situation to have gotten away with it for so long, yeah. he wouldn't have buried her right outside the house. It would have buried her in the scrub somewhere. Is it scrub or shrub? I think it can be both. Okay. Just whatever you feel like. Bush. It's a Thursday. Dense greenery. Yeah, the, de- <laughs> the dense bush. No, it is. It's the Australian bush. It's pretty dense. So, mm. anyway, he's been, he's going to be... Well, charged with it, with it. Yeah. Apparently, yeah. He's been, as you say, charged today with her murder, which is massive. And so, um, if you guys haven't listened to the podcast, they did sort of a first season of it. So there were 14 episodes in the first season. And as of a week ago, they released another episode. Mm. And that was like, oh my God, yay. And it was talking about the digging that they've done mm. only in September of 2018. And then the news came out yesterday morning at about 10 o'clock New Zealand time on Wednesday that had been charged with her or was arrested by police. And then today, the second episode of season two came out, and that is called The Arrest. And I've listened to it. It is so gripping. This Headley Thomas guy is so committed to this case. Such a good journalist. He's just, he has captivated so many people. That's the thing I think is amazing. It's not just a young person's podcast. You know, like my boyfriend's mum has listened to it, and she is hooked. And we just text each other about, oh, my God, he definitely did it. And you know know? what I think, like, in this sort of, age where well this time the sort of era where journalists actually get a lot of shit for doing like yeah, terrible it's all fake work. news and it's really quantity over quality seeing something like this is really refreshing and i think brings a lot more you know like the esteem back to journalism totally you know yeah and well, it's, it's a massive it reminds project. everyone yeah exactly but, but that's the thing like a lot of journalists powerful. i guess don't have the you know this guy's been working on this for Years, probably. Years now, but, you know, he had investigated for the last six months before he started the podcast. Yeah. He did six months of research. Yeah. So by that point, you, you know, you're well-versed, you're clued up. Yeah. Anyway, so Headley um, spoke to Lynette's family. She's got about, I think it's four, I think there's four siblings or three siblings, four in total of the family. Spoke to them, um, and they're saying that they're feeling, you know, naturally very relieved over it. Mm. It's um, a very stressful time, obviously, for them because there's still not a body, but I think the fact that he's been charged, as they've always long suspected there was a murder, 
there was plenty of evidence and the podcast goes into that. But I think if um, you'd had an auntie or a sister or a daughter missing for 36 years, you never had that closure. And then all of a sudden, now because of this podcast, that's the momentum that's going. And I think that's the amazing thing mm-hmm. about this, that his hard work and police getting back involved. And it wasn't just Headley. There have been some really great police um, inspectors who have picked it, up again. picked it up again when the case had sort of been pushed to the side and by some corrupt sort of police back in the 80s who were sort of in talks, I guess, or associated with yeah. Chris Dawson. So what I really hope happens now when Chris goes on trial or whatever the bloody technical term's yeah. called, I really hope that he goes, yeah, I did it, and he comes clean. Because I think that he's such a narcissist from what I've taken from this podcast that he would never, ever, ever admit that he'd done nah, this he wrong, won't. even if he had. I would love for him to admit it just so that that would just be like extreme closure. Also, I just, I feel so sorry because they have two children together, right? Lynn and Chris. We will get to children in two seconds. I just want to add something <laughs> to what you're about to say yeah. before we segue. I also think it will be interesting to see, we're talking about Chris Dawson. He was also a twin. Yeah. And there's a lot of speculation that perhaps his brother, Paul, who his twin, you know, super, super close. That he may have either helped him out or was involved or knew about it. And even Paul's Paul's wife, wife Marilyn. She's shady as she, oh, uh, Yeah, I don't know. Like, I don't want to go painting him with a bad brush because we don't actually know. And from the sounds of things, those boys are very manipulative. Like Definitely. They were both and sleeping actually, with young people. And I she may be brainwashed as well. But it'll be interesting to see whether they speak or whether he comes to the defense of his brother. It is now going to go before the courts. And interestingly enough, he actually uh, today heard the case that the court are making against him. Yeah. I think that his wife, what's her name? Marion or Marilyn. Marilyn. I think that she, just like how Joanne was, brainwashed and just kind of... um, But Joanne came away with it, didn't she, at the end? Yeah, but at the time, you know, she... At the time, she didn't think anything of the fact that Lynn had just up and disappeared. She didn't think it was suspicious, you know? The weird thing is, though, she was 16. Yeah. And I'm not excusing Marilyn because she was obviously... Marilyn would have known similar age to Paul, but I just think, you know, I do feel quite sorry for Joanne in some respects because I do think, yeah, you can be sixteen, but I know a lot of fucked ups. I don't personally know a lot of fucked up, but I know a lot of friends who were sixteen, and you know, the decisions I made at sixteen, I, you know, if I was being held to those for the rest of my life, and she didn't have a stable household or anything, he was the stability in her life. He groomed her, and he. Yeah, he know he knew what he wanted from her, and she actually didn't have a choice in the situation, really. No, and that's what tried all to break it off. And is- she talks about that. She's actually in the podcast, as we say. Her name is Joanne Curtis, and she's sort of been quite reclusive about the whole thing since. Yeah, but she does appear. She speaks a lot in the podcast and talks about her interviews with Headley, um, and she is quite involved. So I do feel, you know. It's a tough one because you can't paint everyone with the. Like, well, you never bad, know the full bash. story as well. No, exactly. So We're so hearing one side. Yeah, exactly. But I mean, yeah, so I think Paul, Chris's twin brother, who they had a freaky close relationship in a gross way sort of thing, like sexy stuff together, like threesomes. With her, With Joanne. Joanne. Yeah. And other girls. So twisted. These are these guys were teachers at the school. Yeah, That's they, were when like they in found Joanne. So aside like the murder case aside they should both be put away for the freaking yeah, pedophilia that what they were up to. Yeah, well that's the other interesting thing that's come from this podcast is all these women who were in relationships or you know were having sex with teachers are now coming forward being like 
I was having sex with this teacher. Even men, even men who had female teachers. Yeah. And that like is the weird... interesting thing about that. They call it um, the insular peninsula is what they refer mm. to the Northern Beaches as because there was a lot of this going on. And it was sort of, I think, back in the 80s, sort of seen as like, cool. Oh, he's the hot teacher. Oh, you're sleeping with teacher. Oh, that's cool. And even guys who, you know, knew of girls sleeping with teachers sort of thought, oh, yeah, he's the man. That was the attitude. He was the cool guy, the cool surfer, oh, really? buff, good-looking teacher who was a, sleeping with a 16-year-old, but actually he's a fucking pedophile. And he's it's a, a disgusting abuse of power, and it's Betrayal, sexual so abuse, good. really. You're grooming young children. Yeah. really. They were children, essentially. Yeah. Well, teenagers, but still children. Yeah, they were. So fucked up. Anyway, so the, yeah, so we'll see what happens with Paul and his wife. Plus I, the two daughters, which is, uh, this is what yeah. I, this is the first thing I thought when I saw this. It's... What has happened is they've got two daughters, one... Sharon and Chanel. Yeah, so one of them... They were two and four when their mum disappeared. One of them um, believes that... Well, one of them doesn't know what she believes, but she spoke in the podcast and she just wants to know what happened to her mum. She, but I think, believes more that her mum was murdered. I think yeah, she doesn't think her mum left. She, saw, she was the older one, wasn't she? Yeah, I can't I remember think she's which the one's older which. One. And then there's another one who stands by her dad and doesn't think that there was any that he did any yeah. um f- there was no foul play there she's by him she's called it a um a witch hunt yeah so Which, i feel that is so, so tough isn't i feel it? terrible for them because imagine firstly it's like it, you're grieving twice like you firstly have a mum that you kind of grew up thinking that she abandoned you and then you start to think oh maybe there was some foul play there and you just grow up without a mum and you have to deal with that. And, and the then, fact that Joanne Curtis as well, who kind of was their stepmom, apparently was really like she wasn't awful a great, to them. She was 16, 17, yeah. 18. She was young. She didn't know what she was doing. But yeah. also, I'm not excusing that apparently she was quite awful to them. Definitely. So, so they, they didn't have a very childhood. nice... No. And Especially no. when they would have. That's what's sad. Like, they lost a childhood. They had a mum who would have been amazing. Yeah. Like, she adored those kids. Used to buy them presents and take them to their school things and all that sort of stuff. And yeah. to lose that and then have this young woman come in, that's a loss. Yeah. And then the, the, the daughter who stands by her dad and thinks that he didn't do anything wrong, if it does come out that he did murder Lynn, then she has to, I mean, so does the other daughter, have to deal with the fact that their father mur- murdered their mother. Let's just take literally a second, everyone listening to this podcast, (laughs) think of your dad. (laughs) No, this is an awful way. No, but but we were just talking about this before we started the podcast. Me and Lily were sitting there and I was like, how would you deal with, like, everyone loves their dad so much. And that's obviously what these girls felt towards their dad or Mm. what they described. They're very supportive or, you know, even the one who's not really sure what happened is still like, you know, I have a good relationship with my dad. Imagine finding out that your dad... Has murdered your mom. Like, how would you even cope with that? You would never. It would fuck everything for you. It really would. And I feel like your whole, you'd feel like your whole life had been a lie. The whole relationship you had with your dad was based on something that wasn't, you know, you didn't know the full truth. And that was that he was a fucking evil person or did something evil. Yeah. So it's it's very fucked up. I feel so sorry for them. And then, plus, and this is, we're kind of contributing to the problem. It's not really a problem, but it's so public. Yeah. You know, the whole thing, the whole world but is listening to But at the same time, I think that's so cool because she was, you know, like Lynette Dawson, this case was swept under the rug. We only know about it because of, yeah, it wasn't the Australian media other than the, that podcast that got it going. It wasn't yeah. the police. This was that one guy. 
Hedley Thomas digging into and it. And that's why this sort of like a podcast that can important. go viral is so powerful. It's like why we Lily are so powerful because our <laughs> podcast goes viral. You should, yeah, our influence is huge. <laughs> um, but then, you know, for the girls and for the family, having your whole fucking personal shit and this like crazy family drama. Everyone's judging. And just having to, you know, be in the pro- in the public profile about it. Like that's that's tough, I can imagine. It would be horrific. So an interesting um point just to add mm. is that you know how you were saying before that he was there in his jandals and not prepared for them? Well that's a, just what I kind of took from it. When police turned up, he was very you know, very quiet and calm during the arrest, but was very taken aback. So what a fucking narcissist. Like he, he hadn't he didn't think. Yeah. Obviously yeah. he was wearing jandals. He wasn't expecting to be arrested. Yeah, that's what I thought. So anyway, it's a long way to go. This will now go through the court system in um, in Australia, and that will take some time, but there will be a trial against him. So, you know, if you are interested by what we've talked about, go and listen to the podcast if you haven't already. The story is going to keep going. There's plenty more uh, to come for it, but I think it's probably a time for us to move on to our secondary Christmas FOMO topic. <laughs> yes. Christmas FOMO. <sighs> Christmas FOMO, summer FOMO. I feel like it's not Christmas explicit. It's I just feel like I'm saying Christmas isn't like the Christmas season. Yeah. Because that includes for me New Year's. Christmas, New Year, even the beginning of the Jan, I guess that still qualifies as There's New Year. There's just so much on this time of year. After and Christmas, New Year's, like this, concerts, no, 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 parties. Yeah. Gigs, festivals. And before Christmas, you've got your Christmas parties. It's a lot. And family stuff, like, I mean, who really gets fun? Well, some people might get fun with family <laughs> stuff. I'm more like, I want to go to this gig. Yeah. <laughs> I want to go to the family barbecue. <laughs> um, no, I would definitely say I have felt FOMO because, I mean, I think most people our age sort of have, but working in TV, I know I always yap on about this, but because we're news, we have to go all the time. Mm. So I've worked there for two and a half years, and over those two and a half years, I've worked Christmases, so many stat holidays. Weekends, overnights, there have been a lot of occasions where I've had to miss out on fun social stuff. And that's fine. Comes with the job. It's all good. But the FOMO goes hard. <laughs> when I am sitting at work and it's like, I don't know, one thirty, and people are starting to day drink and maybe it's a bowls tournament in early January or heading to a gig, you know, Fat Freddy's drop or whatever. The FOMO is like, you've, I can't even focus on my own work. You've always been someone who's been quite um, affected by FOMO. I know. I'm not so, I'm not so, I've never really felt extreme FOMO if I, yeah, I don't know. But I remember when we worked at Red Bull, you're exactly the same. You had to be doing everything that was going on. Well, I, I can happily be like, eh, I just want to stay home and watch a movie. But the interesting <laughs> thing that sort of brought it to the forefront is for me because, <laughs> as I just spoke about the other week, financially, I'm probably at a bit of a turning point. Well, that's the thing. The older you get, I feel like the more expensive Christmas gets because then all it's of a sudden so you're fucking expensive. You're not receiving the presents. You're supposed to be giving all the presents. You know, you're not like a child and it's expensive. I know. Well, this is literally what, as I say, like this is what led me to it because recently I've been like looking at my finances, trying to get all in store. I've got a yeah, boyfriend girl. who's real money like focus. He's on to it. He's a numbers guy. I'm a character girl. This is how it works. <laughs> anyway, we were like chatting and I was like going through all of the events and he was like, how are you affording this? And I was like, well, yeah, we haven't got there yet. <laughs> and he was like, this is fucked. Like, don't put yourself in debt in order to go to events. Just yes. don't go. And I'm like, I can't do that. I, I'm like, I want to be around all my friends. I don't know if that's just a personality thing, but I actually reckon guys are a lot like this too. I'm again generalizing because it'll be some guys are, mm. some guys aren't. But a lot of the guys I know, 
you know, might even not be that bothered about going to an event, but as soon as there's a bigger group going, then it's like, oh, yeah, yeah, we oh, got to yeah, go. you don't want to miss out when all your friends are going to be there. For exactly. Sure. And I do that too. And so, like, I will literally commit to events that I have not that much of a desire to go to, to go to, but, but because my friends are going, I'm like, yo, sign me up for a $90 ticket. Yeah. What? I need to get over that. And surely the rest of us, it's probably just me. No, it's need a, to too. I think that the whole season is can become really stressful and you forget the whole like the whole reason that Christmas is supposed to be so lovely and New Year's is supposed to be so fun because you're just overwhelmed with stress about money because it can get fucking expensive. This oh, year, yeah, it can. I'm not doing any um I'm not doing um New Year's with my friends and I have FOMO from this because they've organized to go to Raglan and stuff. And instead, I'm going to be working. However, I'm working at R&B and Bay Dreams. But because I'm not with my friends, I'm still getting FOMO. But uh, yeah, that does suck. You know, it's not, it doesn't suck. I definitely know there's worse ways to spend New Year's. So Been like, rhythm, yeah. But I know what you mean because I was literally looking at my list and I counted. So pre, because I'm going to Rhythm and Alps for New Year's. Yes. Pre that, that ticket included all that. It was going to cost me $1,000 between now and April. For the amount of like events, like Laneway, Jungle, Lily Allen, Fat Freddy's Drop. Oh, I want to go to Lily Allen. I'm going to Laneway Jungle as well. RNA. Like I was going through this list and I was like, "What is going on?" And then Jack was saying to me, he was like, "Just don't go to some of them. Like just go to the ones that you you know desperately want to go to." You've seen Fat Freddy's Drop like three times. Yeah, you've skipped the New Zealand ones. Fat Freddy's Drop's my summer jam. He was like, "Get over yourself and rein it in." Have you seen it so hard? You've seen them already. I've seen them three times, but okay, to be fair, that to cross them off. The I list. know, but how good is it when they just got that? Mm, doo, mm, I know doo, it's gonna be good. Doo, mm, that's me being Fat Freddy's drop. <laughs> um, the whole performance, you know. So I, 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 yeah, I'm one of those people. I, I'm uh pretty gutted that you're not because I thought it was like a collective thing. No, I, I definitely get it, but I know that you suffer from FOMO big time. Why do you think that is? Do you think it's a personality? I was gonna say defect. I have another friend who's like that, and literally, like if everyone's out on a Friday night, she can't be at home. See, you that's know? the thing, though. Whereas sometimes I get, like, I have JOMO, which I call joy of missing out. JOMO! I didn't make that up. I saw it on Instagram today. I need to, like, Because sometimes I that. like when I know everyone's out and they're going to be hungover tomorrow. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to go home, get an early night in, wake up early, do shit. <laughs> you know? And I get a little kick out but of that. But maybe because now I don't get hungover. So I'm like, I know I can go out and still have a productive day. That's maybe that's a different very, element to it. That's very true. The interesting thing, though, is there's another cool podcast I listen to called The Thinker Girls. And one of those girls um, gets really bad FOMO, too. She's like 26, 27, 28 or something. And I'm like. One of the girls in The Thinker Girls. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. 26. No, she's not 26. She must be like 28, 29. I don't know. Yeah. I know those girls. I think they're deep in their 30s. I'm 26. Christy. Christy's young. Stacy is a lot older. Anyway, anyway. the point is, <laughs> anyway, um, she is, you know, significantly older than me, and she's always yapping on about the fact that she, like, on the weekends, feels like she can't. Oh, dude, it's not listen. something you grow out of. Yeah, well, I'm 26, fucked. and I still get FOMO. Yeah, well, that's because fucked. I thought I was going to get okay with it. Do you have to wait till you have, like, a baby? Do you still get FOMO if you have a baby? Probably. You definitely would. Because oh, yeah. you're listening out on probably a lot more stuff. Oh, my God. Stuff. Maybe the FOMO grace. Oh, I'm just having a panic attack. At the thought of the FOMO that oh you're going to get God. once you have Literally a baby. Literally the anxiety of all the events that I'm missing out on. It's ridiculous. I just need to relax, Jodie Foster. I feel like you need to like make a timeline and put it all in your calendar. And then if it's like 
two weeks, if it's like a, an event every weekend, then you can cut some of those events out because waiting two weeks between events isn't so hard. That's what I think I need to do. Yeah, make a time, like a calendar, and see when your things are coming out. Because sometimes no, I did. I, I've already done that, but the problem is I'm like, okay, summertime's the time where I hate work weekends. I'll happily work them in winter because who's doing anything? Yeah. No one. Summertime, I really struggle. I'm always swapping. I get it. I've had to do the same thing when I started at my, and I used to do the weekends, and then like I did the summer shift as well. It's so sad. You're just inside by yourself. At least you can see outside. outside here. You not I, see outside? No, TVNZ is a cave. Is there no windows? Well, there are, but they're like two kilometers away. Like you can distantly <laughs> see blue sometimes. And you're like, I don't even know what the weather's like. <laughs> it's like like tiny little slits in the building to oh like allow like gosh. I know it's fucked. It's actually a very cool newsroom to be fair. It's like super upgrade. But um yeah. So I mean like you it can at least actually maybe it's worse if you can see the sun. Yeah, because you know what you're missing out on. Yeah. It's Snapchats also, though. Snapchats and Instagram, mm. that adds into the FOMO because you're sitting there and you're like, oh, I'm a bit bored. Oh, I've just finished my work. Oh, oh Yeah, shit. what's everyone else oh, doing? Oh, everyone else is on Rangitoto or out on a boat. I, I can preempt. <laughs> what the fuck? I can, people on Rangitoto. I don't fucking know. I was thinking about like outdoor Everyone's activities. Everyone's there? Every, there's a party at Rangitoto. The day there's a festival at Rangitoto, I will be there. Yeah. Also, guys, I just want to apologize because I do feel like I'm yelling a little bit. I've just been like realizing that. Anyway, uh, okay. you know how you get stressed about FOMO, yeah. of, like the event side of the holiday well, season, the yeah. silly season. I get stressed about the money side. Yeah. That's my big thing. My thing isn't like missing out like on stuff. I'm starting to feel that. My thing is the fuck I haven't budgeted enough or like oh, this ended up being more expensive than I thought it was. I'm in be. that buzz right now. So I have looked for us a few different ways that we can save a little bit of extra money for next year. Lily, what they're an not, initiative. They're not groundbreaking. What an initiative. But it's a couple of things that if you're in the same position as us where you're like, oh shit, this is a more expensive month than I had anticipated. This might be helpful I'm actually listening next year. Guys, because I don't even know what these are. This so there is, okay, so this is like a meme thing that my mum saw on Facebook and she shared it with me. You essentially, in the first week of 2019, you'll put $1 into a savings account. And then the second week of January, you'll put in $2. And then the third week, you'll put in $3 all the way till the end of the year where finally you put in $52, right? So how much have you got by the end of it? About $1,300. Quite nice. That'll pay for your Christmas and probably your New Year's as well, depending on how much you spend on Christmas and presents. Or you do the whole like 20% of your pay. But that's kind that's of a lot for yeah. Christmas. Oh, One dollar yeah. at the beginning, then all, you know it's not it's it's not too much. I also think you need to get those um accounts where you can't touch the money. Yes, or so that's the other thing. The oh yep, that was one of your suggestions. Sorry. No, well it's similar. The save the change thing that ASB does, and I don't have an ASB account, so I I do. Listen up. Well, I will. So you when you make a transaction using your plus card or whatever. You can choose to round it up to the nearest $1, $2, $5, or $10. And then it just saves that change that you've rounded up into a savings account. So if you just round it up to $2 every time you make a purchase, wow. I reckon you'll probably end up popping in quite a, bu- like a lot of money. Bucks or something. I don't know. Who knows? I don't know how much. Could be 50 bucks, yeah. <laughs> I don't know how much, um, like how often you're swiping your card the problem is i'm ocd so i always need to like keep my like bank accounts like leveled so well, ideally yeah, i'll have gonna, like this is gonna not point zero three six cents or you know like it's no nothing. but you put it into a savings account that you don't look at it or you could just go and spend it at mcdonald's and use the change range but whatever 
No, I'm kidding. <laughs> you could, but then we'll be in the same position next year. Yes. And then there's just the old classic method, which was figuring out how much you're going to spend this whole December, January period that's so expensive, Christmas, Christmas food and all that kind of thing, New Year's, bloody, bloody, blah, blah. Figure out how much you spend and then budget it for next year. I know, I know I, that's yeah. boring and that's like the old, just a, that's just a budget. But like that's the only a way budget. to make I reckon if you stick to a budget for the first wee while, you actually get more motivated to save. Like the few times, the few emphasis on few times in my life where I've thought, oh yeah, actually, you know what? I will, I will start saving. I won't go to stores or I won't spend it on whatever. And I start saving. Then the first time I do spend something like a purchase or an event ticket, I feel so guilty. So well, I almost a, need to like guilt myself into it again. No, well, that's it. Shouldn't be like that. It's like food. It's like you deprive yourself if if you die and deprive yourself. You just no, but when you're a shopping addict like me, or you're just unnecessarily spending, what I, I buy do, a lot of chocolate as well. That what I help. do is I have every time I get paid, firstly my money goes into my savings accounts, and I have that set up, and then I also have like a clothing and treat yourself account. It's not that much money. How much? What do you put in? Ah, uh, I'm not gonna say. Okay. It's totally two thousand dollars. <laughs> no, it's, it's not a lot of money. But my my other thing is that I didn't if I mean like what is it at now? I just meant sort of generally. Do you put like oh, at the moment? In? It's literally at zero dollars yeah. because I just put a dress at Lonely Hearts on laid by. Cool. Um, but my other my thing also is like if I sell any clothes on Trade Me or Designer Wardrobe, that money goes into that account. Mm, that's very clever incentive to get rid of shit because also you just end up hoarding stuff. Do you think it's better to sell those things on Trade Me Designer Wardrobe or are you supposed to go into a store? Side note. What, tatties or recyclable yeah. boutique or yeah. assignment? Do you think you called? get more chance it of selling them the, or do you lose I your money? I think it depends on the clothing. If it's like a really nice designer piece that hasn't had much wear, you could probably get a lot of money on yeah, Designer good point. Wardrobe. Good point. But if it's a little bit worn or isn't you know worth that I much, feel, yeah. maybe tatties. Yeah. Random side note there, sorry people. Anyway, that was that. I also, the other thing that kind of gets me a bit irked around Christmas time is the amount that we end up buying like presents and that kind of thing. We end up, I feel like buying for the sake of buying it, it can be a very wasteful time of year. Mm. Obviously with the food, I mean, you have leftovers and that kind of thing, but you do end up wasting a lot of food. But when you do have to buy presents for people and you obviously don't want to spend heaps of money on everyone you have to buy for, you might end up actually spending money on stuff that might end up be thrown away. I know. So, if in doubt, buy a voucher. Yes, totally. And BuzzFeed actually has a really good list of some um, gift ideas that aren't harmful for the environment. Yeah. And Are I'll you going to share them? I will share them. Well, I'll put the link for that article in the show notes. But a few of them, tickets to a concert, gold class movie tickets. A wine or beer tasting experience. Experiences if it's kids, rainbow zen tickets or movie tickets. Yeah. Baking. You can bake. That's what I do with my coworkers. You're in radio. I bake Surely for them. You can get free movie tickets all the time. Just give everyone a free movie ticket. Merry Christmas. You're yeah. going to meet the Fockers. Why would I think of that movie? It's like 18 years old. Uh, right but on. you know, because then you're not wasting things. And I feel like it gets a bit gross and consumerism-y. And I always feel a bit yucky after spending a lot of money on things. And mm. I think that spending See, money I on... get a buzz. That's a problem. But if you were to spend money on a toy for a kid or like, I don't know, a movie ticket. Mm. I actually think a movie ticket is way more fun. And you can take them to the movies and it's like a nice wee bonding experience as well. What you should do is almost just book out an entire theatre. Oh and my God, Andy, everyone... no, mon- no wonder you're having money issues. <laughs> we'll book, book out, out a theatre and we'll give everyone free tickets. It'll only cost 4000 but think of the experience. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> All right. 
Shall we wrap this up? That's I think it's time for us to wrap this topic up and segue very naturally into the most ironic uh, segment ever, and that is to buy or not to buy. Yes, that is right. The but segment week, where we tell you what to spend your money on and what not to spend your money on. Yeah. Um. So to buy this week, we've decided is absolutely nothing. nothing. Yeah. Don't buy anything. You're already probably having to spend shitloads of money on other people for Christmas presents, so don't buy anything. And just because we just spoke about it. Rain it in. Rain it in, people. Rain it in. Don't let the consumerism get you. You can start buying again next week. Give yourself a break. Exactly. Have a Kit Kat. Not to buy. <laughs> wow. Okay, so this one. <laughs> and he's got a story for you. I've got a story you. for you guys. Okay, so my not to buy this week is cookie time Christmas cookies. Now, don't get me wrong. I know these are little seductive little bastard cookies. They taste delicious, especially the salted caramel and the chocolate chip. Amazing. But I was a Christmas cookie seller mm-hmm. about probably four years ago. Mm-hmm. And I'm pretty sure it's Actually, slave labor. Like, they were like, you could make $15,000. So, if you haven't heard of these um, cookie time sellers. If you haven't heard of these cookie time sellers, where are you? Well, I didn't know about it until I knew that you'd worked there. What about the red buckets of your entire life? Did well, they not yeah, come door yeah. knocking? No, I'd never had a door knocker. Oh. But there are people that go around, all of New Zealand, door knocking to sell these biscuits, right? Yeah, they're in different patches. You get given, like, a territory. Even rurally, every spot is sort of covered. So, you get sent by cookie time, like... Hundreds of boxes of cookies, and in each box is like six buckets or 12 yeah. buckets, or whatever. And your job is over a six week process to sell them. Yeah. And they promise it. They're like, oh, you'll make heaps of money. How I much did they say thought, you were going to make? They said because of my patch that I'd make $15,000. $15,000? Over six weeks. And Door like, knocking and going to offices going to, to sell offices. cookies. And there are different reasons why perhaps maybe I wasn't the hardest worker. I did try pretty hard actually, but. It was exhausting. Like, it was life-consuming for six weeks straight. Trying to sell biscuits, I can imagine, can be very emotionally draining. Well, people just <laughs> eat all your testers, and then they, like, fucking leave, and they wouldn't buy it. I was like, they're only $17. That's the problem. They're only $17. Jesus. <laughs> and my territory, really annoyingly, I actually had the Mrs. Higgins people and the St. John's Ambulance, so I'd, like, walk into office buildings, and there'd be, like, 13 boxes or buckets of Mrs. Higgins. Uh, so that was annoying. But the point is, competition. the whole thing was a bit of a, I thought, a scam. They really sell it to you. Like, oh my God, it's amazing. You go on this like conference and they're like, it's amazing. You're going to make so much money. And then you'd be like, how do I, how do I sell cookies now? I have walked into this office and they're and like, all these things. And they're like, no, they'd be like, just keeping positive. And I was like, oh my gosh, bullshit. that sounds like it's a pyramid bullshit. scheme. It is. I actually think it might be. It's a Kiwi-run company, and the cookies are delicious, don't get me wrong. I love the fact that they're on Air New Zealand. But the people but, who are selling it to you are getting scammed. Yeah. But then maybe in that case, you're supposed to buy the cookies to help them out, or they end up with 200 buckets. So you can decide whether you want to buy or not to buy. That was a bit of an average one. But uh, yeah, that's, that's this week's. Well, if you don't buy or do buy, whatever, just whatever you do next year, don't work for them. Yeah. Don't do that. I don't think anyone you know worked for them. No. Because how much did you end up working? Oh, uh, making? I made like... After I had spent, because I had to spend money on like petrol, because you're not yeah. getting paid over that entire time, you get paid at the end. So I think I lost like, not lost, but I, I think I made four grand total. Yeah. But I had spent like two grand on petrol and... Jesus. Yeah. Well, it was over six weeks. Yeah. No, that's, actually, that's that a lot of sound, working. No, I feel like, I feel like that's how it somehow worked. I think it was because there were, I'm trying to think what else I had to pay for. Like you were you working like tax? full-time hours? Yeah. Yeah, tax would be heaps because that I would think be a that's secondary what it was. income. Yeah, I think it was. It was a secondary income, and so I think I got tax like quite a bit. And anyway. petrol and bloody blah. For some people it worked out, if you're an extreme psycho and you were really good at cookie selling, I'm pretty good. I got offered a few sales jobs on the gig, so that's how good <laughs> it was. But evidently my uh, margins or my numbers didn't quite add up in the end of it. Anyway, 
That is the show for this week, guys. Thanks for listening. Always we'll appreciate you guys. With a very exciting guest. Yep. We're going to be learning all about attachment theories, which sounds weird, but it's fucking interesting. And he's been and very into this, and I know nothing about it, so I'm intrigued. It's super, super cool. And if anyone is in a relationship, plans to be in a relationship, has been in a relationship, and it didn't work out, tune in next week so you're going to find out why. Boom. Don't forget to message us on at the lineup podcast on Instagram if you have any feedback. And congrats to the lovely Love Ashes for winning our giveaway. Oh, she's a sweetheart. She is. And see we'll you guys see you next guys. week. Bye.